don't know what he had Now you're sitting at the bar by yourself Sipping that top shelf Looking so sad Well, the band's in tight And it's Saturday night I may not be Mr. Right I'm fun to drink with I'm the life of the party With the cup tips I'm a good time, baby From the first sip Like a neon buzz I put a smile on your face When the bartender makes it a cold bottle I find it looks so much more professional when we put a music video at the beginning. I like music videos. I do too. That's uh, Craig Moritzson. He's playing at the Bibles and Bulls uh, rodeo and concert that we're putting on in Bashaw on September 8th, 9th, and 10th. He is there on September Bibles 8th. and Bulls? I What's know. that? That is, uh, you know, we're taking the four-way, four-way, four-way into um did you say four way <laughs> I, did say that. I knew you were gonna pick up on that <laughs> oh man are we starting that way you know what i needed yeah. to start, i needed to start off with something that was at least comical or at least make you feel good when you're starting because the the topics that we're going to be covering tonight are just kind of depressing or kind of angry upsetting that sort yeah. of thing so um, Chris sent me a message today and uh, he said, you know what, we need to talk about this um, with uh, Sheila Net Lewis. And um, if you don't know the story, I'm just going to bring up the page here. So Sheila was um, uh, the woman who was denied an organ transplant because she was uh, unvaccinated. And she's gone to court, and uh, I think it was last month that she was denied taking it to the Supreme Court. And I said to Chris today, how ridiculous is the timing in the fact that the Ingram case and the CMOH orders were um, were ultra veris, which basically means that they, uh, beyond the powers of, uh, of the, the, the people that put, posted them, if you want to call it that, and uh, what basically meant that a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the court cases dealing with uh, the, the vaccine mandates and and really just anything dealing back to the CMOH orders, masking, plexiglass, if you've got a ticket for being too close to someone, all that sort of stuff, has basically been thrown out, for lack of a better word. And she missed that. She missed that, uh, like by a day like i don't even know the 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 actual timeline of all this but it the the whole this whole story has got me uh a, a little uh flustered inbobulated in terms of what the government should have done who's responsible was it the government was it the uh 
chief medical officer? Was it the premier? Was it uh, the judges? It like, I'm all confused on exactly who's going to take the blame for this. And is anybody going to take the blame for that? Because I think that's the ultimate question that everyone's got in their mind is who's responsible and, and why did this happen in the first place? And, and before we get to that, I want to just jump to one more story because I think it might have something to do with uh, we're talking about. It's another story, another similar story. An Ontario man dies after being denied a kidney transplant for being unvaccinated. And if you know the story of, um, of uh, Garnet Harper, they basically said, okay, you're, you're, you, you passed away, but we can actually go in and harvest your organs because there's nothing wrong with going that way. Like, tell me that this world is just absolutely bonkers. Not a clue. It is. And to answer your uh, question about who's going to be held accountable for this, probably nobody. So, you know, we had the chance to talk with Sheila and at Lewis. I only, I talked to her once. Yeah. Uh, she seemed like a wonderful lady. Everyone that met her, talked to her, they had fantastic things to say about her. And, you know, I, I saw this on, I guess it was Facebook. No, 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 it, was, uh, it wasn't Facebook because it was the news. So it must have been an external, like, notification on my phone or something. Anyway, I saw this and I, it made me fill with rage yeah. that this, this happened. And I just, I think, like, what the hell is this world coming to when a bureaucracy like Alberta Health, Health Services can just allow somebody to die by not giving them the treatment that they need yeah. in this era of free health care that we have in this province and in this country. And it's just, it's so disgusting. I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words for it. And then I saw something that was almost worse. And that was people starting to use this incident as a way to convince people to follow them politically or support them or whatever. I saw one person posting things about how, oh, Daniel Smith and, and these particular people and the UCP have blood on their hands. You idiots. This has nothing to do with the government. It's the bureaucracy behind the government that exists from government to government. Like, and yet these, these pathetic wannabe politicians are using this to try and convince people that everybody else is evil and, yeah. and we just have to support them because of all, of all this stuff. And I'm, I'm so angry over that kind of thing. And now the family, uh, Sheila's family, they're going to be dealing with reporters and yeah. questions and all sorts of things about this. This is going to be in the media. It's going to be drugged through the news. People are going to be using it as a, as a springboard for their own political purposes. And so much so that I almost didn't even want to do a, a, a live stream about this because, you know, I, I don't want people to think that that's what we're doing. What the purpose of this uh, discussion that we're going to have about this, Carrie, isn't to somehow elevate us to some position where people think we're going to save them. I want to point out how bad things have gotten. Like if you think, the worst thing about the last three years was that you couldn't go into a restaurant because you didn't have the jab or you couldn't go to a movie or the bar or whatever. 
things are way worse for so many people. And what we've just heard about Sheila and at Lewis passing away, this isn't the first time. And the fella in Ontario, it's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. There are thousands and thousands of stories like this of people not being treated like they're human beings because of these bullshit mandates and restrictions that we've been uh, forced to endure over the last four years. I have more to say, but it isn't polite. So I'm just going to take a breather and let you take it. We uh, we actually reached out to uh, Dr. Dennis Modry because my understanding is that he was actually working on uh, Annette, or uh, Sheila's uh, case uh, and and trying to get something either to the uh, to the um, uh, Supreme Court or or something to that effect. Somebody brought up the the point. I thought that she went down to the states. Well, obviously she didn't go down to the states. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about exactly what happened. Uh, and again, I'm not sure what happened with that. And it would have been nice if uh, if uh, Dennis could have hopped on, and maybe he will at some point. And if not, then we'll we'll definitely have him back on, and he can tell us a little bit more about what's going on. The 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 United States option carry, I think it was yeah. in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and again, so we so, did uh, when we did. Uh, uh, was it last week's APP webinar? Someone asked about that, and I had just posted that that um, there were a couple of GoFundMes type of thing. Uh, one had $7,000, one had, I think it was 90 or something. Again, not the couple of hundred thousand dollars. And maybe that's really what it was, is maybe she needed uh, a ridiculous amount of money. And, you know, everybody's everybody's tight right now. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's by design, I think. You know, we're kind of exhausted. And people are scared to donate to stuff. Absolutely, they are. They're scared to do anything electronically because... Yeah. If they donate or support the wrong thing, oh, yeah. the government's just going to come in and squash them. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty uh, It's pretty sad to think that that's exactly the reason why people aren't doing anything. And as a matter of fact, like just to, as a side note, um, we're, we're selling these tickets to the, our Bibles and Bulls, Bulls event because, uh, well, we wanted we wanted to do some fundraising. We also wanted to raise some money for us in order to pay bills that we've obviously accumulated over time. But we also wanted to set it up so that people could, anybody could donate or whatever. So we ended up just doing it through our own website. We're not through a GoFund or anything like that. It basically just goes into our website and into a, a separate bank account that we've called uh, Chris and Carrie Productions. And with that. We've already got people saying, you know, I'm really cautious. I don't want to do that. I don't want to uh, buy tickets that way. Is there any other way that I can buy tickets? And eventually, yes, we'll be we'll have tickets for sale at the door. We'll have tickets for sale at uh, the the whistle stop. But already, just because of what happened with the convoy, people are weary of doing anything electronic. And I don't mm -hmm. think there's going forward. I I don't think anybody's going to be able to get away from that. I think everybody no, is kind of cautious about doing anything online and, and even if buying concert tickets. So here's the other thing. So we, we've, we've talked about this before in terms of cash is king. You should always use cash because if you use $50 and that $50 goes to uh, one group that you pay by debit and blah, 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 they slowly whittle away at say 50 cents a transaction fee to eventually that $50 doesn't exist anymore, taking it to the extreme. And really, it's just part of the bank. 
right? And the same thing happens with these bank or these uh, ticket fees and any fee like that. I think the ticket fees for us were like 15% or $8, whatever it was. Why would I give $8 to uh, a company just so that they could do something with our tickets, right? Like this is supposed to be a grassroots thing. It's supposed to be, it's it's for the people. It's for people to go out and have fun, not some big corporate entity in Toronto that wants to make uh, eight dollars a ticket or something like that. So, so getting back to uh, the the GoFundMe and the Give Send Go and those types of things, I can see why people are apprehensive about um, putting their money in that way because they would think that you know what, hey, I'm giving to uh, to Sheila, and if something happens. Um, they could they could come back and say, well, Carrie, because you donated, you know, you, you caused her untimely death or whatever whatever excuse they want to come up, and they could cut me off. It's just a yeah. weird time. Yeah, it is a very weird time. Yeah. So go, going back to what you said about you know the Ingram decision coming down and then Sheila passing shortly after. Yeah, yeah I don't think I don't think that would have helped her honestly. No. Because the Ingram decision was more to do with um, restrictions and mandates, whereas this, this is a, it is it's part of the bureaucratic nightmare that we call Alberta Health Services. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis is Dr. Dennis Modry has said this before, as have I in in speeches we've delivered in webinars and events and stuff. But Alberta, in particular, and Canada, our healthcare is in the highest 25% of cost for all healthcare across the globe. And it's in the lowest 25% of quality of service. Yeah. And this is the result. I mean, this is the result of our free healthcare in this country. Our healthcare, first of all, let's get, let's get something straight. Our healthcare isn't free. It's not free. It's way bloated. It's overpriced. It's, it's way too expensive. There's no competition or little to no competition and the people suffer for it. And people still run around saying, oh, well, it's better in the United States because we have free health care. No, we don't. We pay um, a huge amount of taxes. The average tax a Canadian pays when you account for all the different taxes we pay is like 65 or 69% or something. Hmm. Of our provincial tax revenue, I believe 49% of our tax revenue goes to administering health care in this province. So yeah. it is not free. But we have this this merry band of bureaucratic idiots administering healthcare and making decisions like this, like, oh, well, Miss Lewis can't take, we won't give her life-saving medical intervention because she won't take unneeded medical intervention for which we get paid an exorbitant amount of money. That's what's happening here. And it's happening all over Canada. That fellow fella in uh, Ontario needed a kidney. And they wouldn't give him a kidney because he was refused to take a uh, uh, unnecessary and somewhat risky medical intervention. He died because his kidneys failed and he could have been saved. uh, So his family is left without him. And then the health care system has the gall to contact his family asking if they can harvest his organs. Like, pardon me, but fuck off. He wasn't good enough to give life-saving medical intervention uh, by giving him a kidney, but because he's unvaccinated, but his organs are good enough to harvest to give to somebody else. 
-hmm. Like, give your heads a shake. Now, uh, pardon my French, but I'm like, the more I think about this, the angrier I'm getting. And, and now I'm thinking about how do we, how do we use this to focus on solutions so that it never happens again? What do we have to do to prevent these things from happening? Well, first of all, we have to identify who's the problem here. What's the problem? Yeah. Where's the breakdown in our medical system that should have saved these people's lives? Yeah. Is it the politicians? Well, no, because the politicians don't administer healthcare. Is it the doctors? Well, no, the doctors administer services. It's not the doctors, it's not the nurses. It's the bureaucracy that runs the system. The bureaucracy that benefits from things like uh, pharmaceutical kickbacks yeah. or you know elevated positions for towing the line on certain things or whatever. It's those people that need to be held accountable. And it's those people that never are because we don't get a choice. Carrie, we don't, you and I don't get to decide what bureaucrats stay or what bureaucrats go if they're doing a bad job. I agree. I agree. You know, we have no say in that. We have no say. We the best we can do is we can elect a government that says they're going to make some reforms. I mean, our premier uh, Daniel Smith, she she fired uh, the the Alberta Health Services Board of Directors. That obviously wasn't enough. Yeah. They obviously weren't the problem because you know if if the right people had been had been fired then the decisions like this would have been different. The outcomes would have been different. Yeah. The, uh, and, and then you have to ask yourself, Dr. Modry, he's performed something like 700 lung transplants over his career. He knows what he's doing. He's been through these discussions before. And as a matter of fact, he was one of uh, Sheila's most fear, strong and fearsome advocates uh, before the College of Physicians and Surgeons Alberta Health Services and so on and so forth. I'd love. I'm I'm hoping that he jumps on the show here because, well, you know what he has to say about this is going to blow your mind. It wasn't just that they were um, uh, refusing Sheila a lung because she was unvaccinated. There was another medical intervention that could have kept her alive, but AHS's lawyers prevented Dr. Modry from speaking to the team that could have provided the interim care that Sheila needed. Wow. That's what really made me angry was that this wasn't just about the lung. There was another process, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'm hoping Dennis jumps on here so he can explain to, explain it. But he said that he's been through this before. He, he is obviously an expert in the field and he wanted to talk to the team that could, or that was making the decision on whether or not to uh, give this uh, Life life saving interim treatment to Sheila until they figured out the the lung transplant thing, and AHS's lawyers, the bureaucratic bullshit prevented him from having a discussion as a medical professional, as an expert in this field, with yeah. the people that could have saved Sheila's life because they made a wrong decision in 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 um, not allowing her the treatment that she needed. They made a wrong decision. And it's not surprising. Terry, did you know that the third leading cause of death in this country is medical malpractice? Yes. Or yep. medical mistakes? That's it's the third the leading mistake. cause of death. And that's yeah. what just happened. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. In in uh, Canada, we can't go back and sue our doctors. Is that a good thing? No, we bad? can't. You can't. No. And the College of Physicians and Surgeons, you know, they they seem to be towing the line. They're supposed to be the people that protect you and I and the, the folks watching from our doctors. They're supposed to make sure that our doctors aren't amputating, as Roger Hodkins, Hodkinson says, 
they're supposed to make sure that our doctors aren't pedophiles or yeah. or amputating the the wrong leg that's right that's they right. are our protection our our safety net between medical interventions um and and the and the dangerous outcomes that can occur but they're not doing it like where was the college of physicians and surgeons in this instance we have dennis modry who's who's transplanted 700 lungs or something over his career and hearts and lungs and hearts at the same time yeah. saying no the patient outcome would be highly successful we're going to save a life let's do the surgery the bureaucrats on the other side are saying oh we can't do it because you're not vaccinated you know vaccinated people are we're going to treat them differently because they're taking they're they're exercising control over their over their bodies so we're not going to help them and see that's why i think the whole cmo h order should come into effect because it has altered people's perception of vaccinated versus unvaccinated and who knows whether or not that played into effect in sheila's case that is true 100 percent. i mean jason kenny uh justin trudeau yeah. they uh, rachel notley for sure they actually did a really really good job of encouraging yeah. albertans to discriminate yeah. against each other they did a fantastic job yeah. jason kenny actually said at one point that this is a problem of the unvaccinated and if only they would you know he, he said this to the vaccinated people if only the unvaccinated folks would just take the jab then all you could have your freedoms back all you could go to the bar again so then we have families fighting each other we had friendships broken we had you know people losing loved ones because the our leadership actually condoned this type of thing yeah it, it it's yeah you're absolutely right maybe that did maybe that did change something and i think like even with the coots guys like if if the cmh order didn't happen then it wouldn't have actually gone to that extreme right absolutely because everyone was looking for hey well we got to get out of this what's the way to get out of it but if the CMOH order was just null and void right from the day one, we wouldn't be where we are. So yeah. it's all these timelines that go along. And that's why, you know, I haven't talked to uh, our good buddy, Ty Northcott, and I'll get into that in a second too. But uh, Lori posted then said uh, the Give, Send, Go did post a statement and I, I did find it. And um, thanks, Lori. Um, so basically she, her goal was 600,000. Uh, according to this, she raised 124 and, uh, the give, send, go, I'm going to see if I can blow this up a bit here. Uh, Sheila met Lewis is, uh, no, that's the right one. Uh, wait a minute. I just lost it. It was just there. There it is. Sheila passed away early this morning, awaiting a transplant. She withdrew the funds generously donated a few weeks ago for us. Uh, for use during the long stay away from home that she was involved, but sadly did not live to see her life saved. Sheila unfortunately died in in a state without a will. Oh boy. How could she die without a will? So those funds are inaccessible now until her estate is settled. Oh my, I didn't read that. All the she lawyers that have probably talked to her and she doesn't have a will. Her family thanks you for all your love, prayers, generosity, and support. Sheila fought a valiant fight and stood to the end for what she believed in. She remains an inspiration for all of us, for us all. Wow. I don't even know what so, to say about that. Before this, the last thing that I, I thought I knew about this issue was that um, Dennis had been really going to bat for Sheila and 
um, the decision to do the transplant had been reversed. That that's what I thought yeah. was had happened. Yeah. And so when I saw today that she had passed away, like that was completely out of left field. I had no idea that this was still happening. I had no idea that our uh, you know health services would actually allow somebody to die like this. Yeah. Ruby says, how many have to die? And it only, it, people only stand up when it affects them. And I don't know what it takes. Does it take an immediate family member or do people have just become so apathetic and, 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 and disheartened and they just, they don't care about other people. Like that is just, I, you know, I just read that. And I mean, there's, there's one thing to know that she, passed away and and now dealing with the courts again for her estate like that's just going to be horrible horrible on the family so again you know what we haven't even said my my condolences to sheila's family uh, this is uh, at a loss for words not even sure where to actually go from here but you know maybe well, maybe we'll talk to one of our lawyer buddies uh, and and see if there is something that can be done Carrie, there's a, a Tammy commented. She says, Christy, know her story. No brain surgery if uh, not vaxxed. Complete BS. And yeah, I've, I've, I've heard from Tammy. Um, she has a family member that needs some needs brain surgery and they won't do it because they won't take a unnecessary medical intervention. Like, yeah. seriously, what, what's, what are they going to say next? Oh, well, you know, if you don't, um, I don't, I don't, I can't even think of any, I can't even think of something. But what what are what are these conditions? Where are they coming from? Is this about patient outcome? I don't think so. These are not these decisions are not about patient outcome. And I'm not saying that just as somebody that has no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, I've had these conversations with with Dr. Modri and other doctors, and they have said that um, the outcome for people put it this way: we have a very very high success rate for transplants in the past before any of this. What's changed? Yeah. What's changed? The we, bias. We didn't, yeah. Other than the bias. Yeah. And some bureaucratic red tape that's killing people. Now, our UCP government, uh, they have what's called the red tape reduction mandate, which yeah, basically says right. that they're trying, they want to get government out of people's lives. <clears throat> does that include this bureaucracy? Actually, I know the answer. It does. Because uh, in conversations with AGLC, things are easier with them because they've been mandated to remove red tape. Mm -hmm. But where's the red tape reduction for AHS? Where's the red tape reduction for AHS that would have saved Sheila's life? Yeah. Yeah. Where is it? What's happening? Why? Yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to say that the government or the premier have blood on their hands because this is a bureaucratic, this is a bureaucratic thing. But what our government could do is they could start the process of reform. They could do that. And it's not just firing the board. It's a complete overhaul or dissolving the College of Physicians and Surgeons and 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 put installing something, legislating something that actually protects us from from doctors. Um, you know, getting rid of the, the bureaucracy in Alberta Health Services that does these things. You know, the, the bureaucracy that showed up at my restaurant with a chain and a lock telling me that they had all the authority to take my uh, to seize my property. Well, the people that said that they had all the authority to do this didn't even bother to make sure that they were operating 
within the law. Yeah. That that blows my mind. All of these things that are happening, for instance, let's talk about the let's just rewind and talk about the the Rook order. Associate Chief Justice John Rook yeah. signed an order that basically condemned every single man, woman and child in Alberta to it compelled them to follow the CMOH's rules lest they go to jail without even determining if she had lawfully enacted those rules. So a judge, a chief justice in this province gave complete control over our rights and freedoms to a bureaucrat who didn't even know what they were doing in so much as what they did was illegal right. and it didn't get stopped by the judge. What, what is going on? And the state is the same thing with Sheila Annette Lewis. A judge didn't stop and say, well, you know, you're, you're not allowed to, to not give people life-saving care. That's illegal in this country. It is illegal to withhold life-saving care from somebody. And that just happened. And Sheila paid the price. And nobody stopped it in that whole chain. And how many judges and lawyers have looked at this? I think we need some stronger action. I know we need some stronger action from the government. As a matter of fact, we need some stronger action from the people of Alberta. We need people to start getting involved in standing up and using their voices to stop these things. Yeah. Like, we have we have opportunity to change policy this fall uh, at the UCP AGM. And yes, some of the policies that we could get on the table to to turn into legislation could fix some of these things. And yet you have these idiots all over social media saying, oh, how dare you participate in that? You're just a shill. Well, screw you, because I don't want to see things like this happen anymore. I want to actually make some changes. I want to see some changes happen in this province. I want us to force our government to do the things that they need to do to prevent these things from happening. And I don't give a crap about your political aspirations, your political party. We have an opportunity to fix some things right now. And how many other people, if we don't do it, how many other people are we gonna hear about are suffering the same fate? Yep. Like Tammy, her her family member that needs brain surgery, are we gonna hear in, in a year that they've passed away because they didn't get life-saving treatment because of medical discrimination? Yep. How long are we gonna let this happen? You got people screaming from the sidelines, oh, the government's genociding people. Oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And then when they're presented with an opportunity to make some change to fix it, they say, oh, well, you're going to hell because you're supporting them. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, we almost need uh, we almost need something bad in order to make good things happen again. You know, it's, it's sad to say, but that the convoy woke people up. We need something else. And and again, every time I I hear a story about something like this, it's like, is that going to wake them up? Is that going to wake them up? And and maybe it wakes up a few, but you've probably seen the memes out there that's basically say, look, if people aren't awake by now, they're not going to be. So we need to be the lions, if you want to call it that. Yeah. How long do you spend bugging your kids to to do something before you just do it. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't have time to, to try and win everybody over to our side and we don't even need to do that. It takes 3.5% of a society to change the direction of the society. We have that 3.5%. They just need to be activated. Yeah. They just need to stand up and 
get involved and use their voices and stop being used as pawns in political schemes. Yeah. You know, at every opportunity, we need to start getting involved. And I'm not just talking about provincial politics. I'm talking about um, school boards and, you know, e even, even deacons in the church. Like how yeah. many churches told their congregations to comply to all this stuff or, or get the jab or whatever, you know, yeah. and that's the direction of the leadership of the elders in the church. Yeah. And people bitch about the direction that things are going, but then they sit on their couch drinking Bud Light and watching Taylor Swift perform in Toronto instead of going to a CA meeting and trying to get some of these things changed. We, do, we have to stop doing that. But and, you know, and, we, all, we also said uh, churches, universities, schools, that sort of stuff, were also given money from the federal government in order to push these vaccine mandates. There's lots yeah. of documentation out there where churches and universities got 50 grand a pop. So you don't know, you get your 50 grand you go well that's great you know what it's not it just sounds like the logical thing to do why would we not promote this and we're still getting 50 grand that's great let's do that we'll buy yeah, great idea with the signs and we'll pocket 40 or great idea you know and once they have those 30 pieces of silver i'm sure that they'll be so so happy with what they've accomplished with it yeah Ah, uh, lots of comments today. So that that's that's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is, there might be some comments that I somebody said yesterday that I talk long, or I talk longly. Well, you sorry, <laughs> you do, and that's good. <laughs> oh, you know, and again, there's there's so much, uh, so many things to talk about too. So um, one of the other things, of course, that I'm not even sure we. Chris and I had a conversation last week about his court case coming up on um, uh, the 28th on Monday. And basically it was like, we don't really know what's going to happen, but you know, it could be good news and blah, blah, blah. So now I'm going to jump to the, uh, the area here that says our good buddy, uh, Layton Gray has the Gray Matter podcast and it says, we are pleased to report that due to successful result in the Ingram case, Pastor James Coates, Grace Life Church, Pastor Timothy Stevens, Fairview Baptist Church, Southside Baptist and Ty Northcott are all found not guilty of their COVID lockdown charges. God is good. And that's, then, that's fantastic. And then today I saw this on the Western Standard. Whistle Stop Cafe owner Chris Scott and Pastor James Coates are among those who will see charges dropped. And it says... And you know, I... Oh, go ahead, Kurt. Uh, I was going to just click on this and uh, take me to the page here. And it actually says, Albertans charged during COVID pandemic should see, case, should see cases drop. Is that bait and switch? Uh, a court decision ruled uh, uh, health orders were invalid because they breached the Public Health Act. And then it goes through and talks a little bit about uh, the whistle stop became a flashpoint in resistance to provincial lockdown orders and restrictions imposed by the former Jason Kenney government as Scott defied the orders and illegally reopened in mid-January of 2021. So but it wasn't illegal. Yes. How's that sound? That's right. Exactly. So do you want to, like, I'm not even sure what we can speculate on what may or may not happen on uh, Monday. Do you want to make a comment about that? Do you have any no, not at all. I As a matter of fact, we probably can't. I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit annoyed that um, any of the media outlets even ran that because I don't go to court until Monday, and you don't 
I think it's it's improper and impolite to yeah. speculate and talk about what uh, what's going to happen in court because I don't know what's going to happen on Monday. That's right. And honestly, after reading some of the other things that have been going on, Carrie, I just I'm the I'm the least important person in any of these conversations that we're having. Really, yeah. I am. So I, I I served hamburgers and poured coffees. Whoop de friggin' do that. I spent three nights in jail. Who cares? Sheila Annette Lewis is dead. There's a man in Ontario that's dead for the same reason. And the government yeah. is trying to harvest his organs. Like children are, are being exposed to horrible things. Um, the world around us is seriously, it's going to shit. And my stupid BS allegedly contravening the public health act is so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there really is no point in even talking about it. And yeah, I'm hoping for a positive outcome in on Monday, but the amount of other things that are happening around us, it just completely, I, I'm not even, I can't even get excited about my stuff anymore. No. It's gone on so long. It's been dragged out so long. We, we knew that it was all BS right from the beginning. So if, if it's all gone, I mean, that's, yeah, okay, well, and great. That, and that's the big thing. So someone asked, is, uh, has Ty's charges been dropped? You know what? Ty and I actually talked quite a bit up until a few days ago, and I have not talked to him since about the, the rodeo and stuff because he's providing the, uh, we'll call it the rodeo entertainment for the Bibles and Bulls. And, but I have not talked to him since. I'm sure he's just overwhelmed. But before that, we did have a conversation about what would happen if if uh, his charges were dropped. And, and it is, goes for you too, Chris. They're dropped, and then it's like, yay, I can continue on my life. But... But that's, that's the funny but part. The, but I've been continuing my life anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the anguish and the stress over the last few years and being called a, I don't know, poo-poo pants or whatever the hell people seem to call you, that to me weighs on on anybody and it certainly has weighed on ty i i know that and it certainly has weighed on you well and i know that i'm nice not those things just, people are calling me <laughs> it would be just nice to it would be nice to have closure but it would also be nice to have uh, what's the proper term like uh retribution or, or like some sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, some, something to make it all worthwhile. And we've had this conversation sure. too. Okay. If it does, then what, where do you go from there? Well, I'm, I'm not even going to think about it right now. And I don't want, I actually don't want to talk about it because okay. then the nothing's changed for me yet. I don't like, I'm not going to count any chickens before they uh, lay any eggs. Is that what you're supposed to do? Count, yeah. you count your chickens or your eggs. Which do you count first? I'm not sure. But what I, I'll, 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 I'll spin that question a little bit and I'll ask what kind of remedy or, or compensation would make Sheila's family feel any better? Like, yeah, I know. What kind of remedy could there possibly be for our government and bureaucracy and health services allowing Sheila and Aunt Lewis to die? Yeah. And will there ever be any? Yeah. I mean, that. That family should be, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Yeah. They deserve a remedy far more than I do. I agree. 
Um, a few people have asked if all the charges are being dropped, what about the Coots 4? You know, what about the guys in jail? Those types of questions. Well, we kind of said that already is I would argue that if the CMOH order was not valid, it, sh it continues that timeline all the way through to what actually happened. Right. And be and I, maybe that's not a, a great way of actually saying it because you could say, well, you know, if we had killed Hitler before he did whatever, then such and such wouldn't have happened. But who's to say something else wouldn't have happened, but. Well, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But yeah. The, the problem is my issues and ties and coats and all them, um, they were the equivalent of speeding tickets. They yeah. were, oh, they were absolutely. contravening yeah. an, uh, an Alberta uh, yeah. act. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the problem is doing that is one thing, but when you venture into the realm or are, mistakenly brought in into the realm of the criminal code. Yeah. That's a completely different story. Right. So these guys in Coots, they're they're trying to stand up for themselves because bureaucrats um uh took power away and infringed on people's rights unlawfully. That's why those guys are protesting because there was unlawful things happening. They saw it, they stood up for it. And in the process of doing it, they have been dragged into the realm of the criminal code. So I, once it's there, it's a completely different monster. It's a completely different story. It becomes, it's, um, it's almost, a, it's a federal matter. So I don't know if that's going to make any difference for them. Uh, I do know, I actually talked with um, Chris Lysak today. Did I tell you that? Yes. Well, I, I saw that on uh, Granny's feed. Yeah, Granny yeah so Gra Granny Mackay. McKay, McKay, she okay. stopped at the WhatsApp cafe and I sat with her. And uh, while I was chatting with her about some of this stuff, uh, Chris Lysak phoned her. And so I had a bit of a conversation with him. And it was a difficult conversation because I knew that at the end of that conversation, I was going to go on with my life and he was going to go back to his cell. Yeah. And so that was really tough. And he's, you know, he's, He's upbeat and he's trying to stay positive, but some of the things that are happening to those guys in uh, in remand, and yeah, they're in remand. They're not even put in, in a proper prison. They're in remand, which is like the worst place to be. It's terrible. They're not they, getting they're they not getting uh, medical attention that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've been in jail 557 days without even being declared guilty of any crime. Uh, they've been completely slammed and demolished in the media. Uh, the, the government has tried to turn people against them and their lives have been all but destroyed. Right. So yeah. it doesn't matter if uh, the Ingram decision changes their outcome immediately. They've already served a punishment. They have already served the punishment that they would have had they been found guilty. Yeah. That's a huge problem. That is a it's a huge problem, and I don't I don't understand why more people don't understand this. I mean, I guess if maybe if they were put in the situation where they had to spend 557 days in jail without being convicted of any kind of crime, uh, things might be different. But this just comes back to a problem with bureaucracy. Yeah. You know, our our prison system in this province and in this country, it's a business. It's a money making scheme. You, people wonder, well, why why do we have this revolving door type uh, incarceration system? Aren't we supposed to incarcerate people, rehabilitate them, integrate them back into society? No, 
that's, that's not what, what it happened. sounds like we should be doing, but no, but, we, but don't. we don't. And I'll tell you why. The reason we don't is because at certain points in time, um, for instance, in this province, a very prominent politician's wife got the contract for all the catering in all the prisons across the province, became billionaires. And, you know, she did it by kind of treating inmates as less than human. The, the meals they get are, they're pathetic. They're not nutritious. They don't satisfy the basic needs of a human being. And uh, that's okay because they make a boatload of money off the taxpayer because the taxpayers pay for jails so we can incarcerate people and supposedly rehabilitate them and in integrate them back in society. But that's yeah. not what's going on. It's this revolving door, just another way to get tax dollars funneled into people's pockets who happen to have a husband or a wife that's in politics and can make these decisions. So, so those, those bureaucrats that are behind the scenes that benefit tremendously, they don't want any of this to change. You think the bureaucrats behind the scenes in Alberta Health Services who get massive kickbacks from pharmaceutical companies, who go on vacations, who get things, whatever, who get power and position, do you think they want the revolving healthcare system door to stop? Do you think they want people to be healthy? Or do you think they want to be funneling millions and billions of taxpayer dollars out of everybody's pocket in the name of health? Yeah. Like the whole thing, the whole thing, Carrie, is garbage. And it's not the politicians, because the politicians, they just do what the people think they want them to do. So they get elected. Yeah. And we forget about these bureaucrats in behind the scenes that are the ones that are the beneficiaries to this, this type of corruption. And then we... We see, and you see on social media right now, as a matter of fact, it's probably in the comments, people are putting this on the government and putting the blame on the premier for these things happening. When the reality is, it's not their fault. It's our fault because we allowed the bureaucracy to get this bloated and this ridiculous. And at times we were complicit in it because it benefited us. I mean, look at all the people that vote for, for uh, NDP because their unions tell them. Oh, if you don't vote for NDP, you're not going to get your raise next year. Well, oh, I better vote for NDP, even though they're funneling money into their friends' pockets with corrupt practices like what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the farther you look into this, the more you realize that everything, not everything, a lot of the things that we believe were a benefit to us and, and a benefit to our society are not. It's an illusion of a benefit that allows the government to tax us to death and the bureaucracy to suckle at that bloated government tit and yeah. get fat off of us and off of human misery. The bureaucrats that are in the that are benefiting from the, the prison system, the, the prison system in Alberta, you know, they uh, they're happy with this. They don't want that to stop. It's an endless trough for them. And it's and it's no different with most of the portfolios. Yeah. I do talk long. That's okay. That was a good rant. Long way. Good job. Um, a lot of a lot of questions about the envelope uh, and uh, when that's going to be open. So the idea with that is, um, from my understanding, is there was an envelope that was uh, brought. Uh, the defense found some evidence or something, a letter, and um, that was not disclosed. They found it during the disclosure. It was handed to them mistakenly. Blah blah blah. They ended up giving it to the judge and basically saying, "We need to submit this." But in order to do that, they have to do a certain protocol. And in order to do that, they actually have to say whether or not they, they would open or not. 
open the open the, the envelope and sure enough after some back and forth and some uh some good old eagle work i guess from the defense the judge had finally ruled that yes he will open them but timing is everything so my understanding is is that he is going to open open it when he gets back from vacation on september 18th although the wording of that could be he's going to open it or he has already opened it but he's not giving a ruling until September 18th. I don't know if anybody can make a comment on that, but that's what my understanding was. And um, and yeah, so there's there's another month that they're going to be in jail or in remand and health deteriorating. Uh, it's just, yeah, the judges on holidays, he said, even if they don't get a good ruling, he will read it anyways. That was- uh, And so we should. Yeah. So from my understanding, what's in that envelope is something, it's uh, it's obviously pretty bad. Yeah. And it sounds like, in this case, uh, the Crown Prosecutor is either going to be, or could potentially be, could. either a witness to a crime, yeah. or could be a defendant against criminal charges. Now, as far as I know, uh, this may not have happened in Canada to this date. Um, but it you know, the speculation is that the Crown, which includes the RCMP, by the way, uh, may have allegedly conspired to do this to these guys. Yeah, yeah. That that may be what's going on here. Now, and I don't know, and maybe we'll never find out. Maybe it's not, um, maybe that's not what's in that envelope. But, you know, th this is coming from somewhere. And you're, you're correct. What happened with the way this, this happened was these notes from the RCMP just mysteriously popped up and hadn't been entered into evidence before, but they, yeah. they just ended up in court. And that's why there was a question on whether the judge was going to look at it because um, they, the, the, the handling of the evidence wasn't uh, exactly the way it was supposed to be. So this, these notes ended up there unredacted. Yeah. Whereas the rest of everything, there's black lines through all sorts of things. That's right. And so the the problem is if the judge reads what's in that envelope and um, it turns out that it didn't get entered properly or whatever, then it would basically destroy the entire case. Yeah. Right. So there's all these weird legal technicalities that lawyers and judges have to tiptoe through in yeah. order to make sure that the scales of justice and balance accurately which they oftentimes don't do anyway but the other the other problem is if he reads that and he finds out that okay well there's evidence that there may have been a crime committed in the prosecution of these four men that means that everything that was redacted everything that was redact redacted out of all the other stuff has to be unredacted because there could be more criminal activity in that and this is not the first time this has happened with the RCMP. The RCMP in this country have committed crimes, legit crimes, in trying to gain prosecution of, uh, of suspects. The RCMP have been charged, there's been people fired, there's been commissioners that have been forced to resign, all sorts of things. They're certainly not perfect. Certainly not. As a matter of fact, the RCMP were enforcing illegal infringements on our rights and freedoms for two and a half years in this province. Yeah. Two and a half years. The RCMP were acting as henchmen for unlawful villains
who had stripped away our rights without the uh, uh, the lawful authority to do so. They're the, the ones uh, that get to. I shouldn't. I better not say it. Yeah. Um, while I was searching something else, uh, I lost the uh, the next quote that I was going to say. But basically, it was while well, the judge judges shouldn't be allowed to take uh, holidays. Well, here's the or, or during a during a, a trial. Well, here's the thing: the trial was actually supposed to be done at the end of June, and what they ended up doing is mm -hmm. three weeks. And really, they didn't even take 15 days. It was more probably more like 10 because the number of hours to put this case in. And that was just a pre-trial. So then they said, you know what, we're going to end up doing the trial when the courtroom in Lethbridge is open. And they couldn't find another block until November. So then they were talking about whether or not it makes sense for them to go to a different court, maybe go to Medicine Hat or maybe go to somewhere else. And, and I think that's probably what the next step would have been if the envelope didn't uh, get open, because now I guess they do have a day or two that uh, the judge can actually do some sort of a ruling. And uh, somebody pointed out, oh, it's going to be an interesting uh, September 8th, 9th and 10th. And that actually made me think of one of the comments that were right at the beginning was, so are the mandates going to come in in the mid-September? Mid <laughs> can you imagine that? If there was that be something? 8th and 9th, or 18th, 19th, and 20th, 20th, they're going to come out and say, yes, this is what the envelope says. Oh, but we have to go back to virtual uh, courtrooms again, and we all have to be masked up. And I can't, I can't. Well, that is that. already happening in long-term care facilities, Carrie. Yeah. Well, and, and in the States, there's it's already a, couple happening. a couple of universities that are already doing that too. Uh, yeah. A couple of no, comments it's, too it's... about... Uh, let's not forget about what's happening with uh, Pastor Art uh, Pulowski. And it's kind of the same thing. I think his is also, I think, for September 18th. That could be a busy day. I'm pretty sure it's September 18th. Someone will, someone will correct me on that, too. Um, but very close. Sorry, I'm just reading a, reading a comment here. Go ahead. But it, it's it's very coincidental that everything seems to be taking place on that time. Um, and I'm going to do a, another little plug for our uh, our friend, Jason Levine. Uh, this is his Twitter, uh, Jason Levine MP. You can go there. He's actually been sitting down and going through uh, the court case. He He's a little bit of a history, I guess. He's a... Uh, um, uh, wasn't in, is an independent candidate for the uh, MP uh, for Yellowhead, Alberta. And he's also got a, a, a law background from Ontario. He ended up moving out here and he decided to just take in one of the case days uh, on the Coots 4 guys. And he has not stopped since. He's just going, going and he's interviewing people and he's interviewing people like for four hours. Like it's it's quite the soap opera. So if you if you like watching that stuff or even just listening to it, because a lot of the stuff can just be listened to, and uh, and that's kind of what I uh, how I um, take in podcasts while I'm driving around Alberta is I just listen to listen to anything that's going on. You don't have to actually watch it, although it's you know sometimes they'll say, well, if you can see in this document such and such. But Jason is a really good. Uh, journalists, um, and, he, and he basically dumbs down stuff for the layman in order to understand the legal ease. Of oh, what thank goodness. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> it helps you and I, Chris. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but I would certainly recommend that uh, that you go check uh, Jason Levine's. And if you haven't heard from him already, then by all means, uh, you should go in and find out more about what's actually happening with the, the Coots guys, as well as kind of what's happening across uh, Canada. He's talking to people in, you name, you name it, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, uh, and all the way west to, to BC. And, he, and he's just, he, he just wants to find out what's going on. Like talking about wildfires, what's going on, you know? Um, so interesting guy. And that's uh, a good comment have, from, sorry. I was, I was just going to say, I might actually bump into him on Saturday because my plan is to be up in Edmonton and I may end up going to Pat King's uh, freedom what do you want to call it? Freedom rally, but it's not a rally. It is a show and shine. Uh, and I believe that is taking place in the Duke. Um, no, it is definitely not a rally. It is a fundraiser. A Very specific. It's a fundraiser. Yes, you're right. It's a fundraiser. And there will be people speaking. And I believe Pat will be one of those. And Jason Levine will be there too. So, and Granny Mackay will be there too. There you go. In the Duke. There you go. In the Duke. Right on. So there's a uh, comment from Karen Mitchell. Can you put that up, Carrie? Uh, Karen Mitchell. I hate that I can't just do a search for names. How about this one? It's not that not that far back. That's the one. Okay. This is a huge test for Smith. She said never again on lockdowns and mask mandates, but she might not have control over federal courts or federal buildings. Well, and that is true. So the federal stuff, um, we there's not really a heck of a lot we can do. We may have restrictions again for air travel who who knows there's a small group of people who know but i'm not one of them mm. now this is going to be an interesting test because remember carrie we had this conversation um and it was about jason kenny how he kind of backed down about all this stuff said sorry for doing this we're not gonna do it again and then immediately yeah. did it and we were like well why would he do that that was political suicide and then we were made aware of our uh our deal with pharmaceutical companies so that they'll give us a discount on our drugs so we can supply. You want to paraphrase that again in case somebody did, doesn't know what that is. So in this country, yeah, in this country, the provinces have uh, deals and contracts with the the major pharmaceutical companies. And that basically says that they will give us uh, drugs that we need to support and provide socialized healthcare at a humongous discount, something like 90%. Yeah. Uh, The only catch is, we have to follow their rules. We have to handle pandemics the way that they say to handle pandemics. And now the major pharmaceutical companies and the WHO work very closely together to manage pandemics. As a matter of fact, they're the ones that were working on the international um, vac- vaccination pass or health pass, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you would never be able to travel again without having your all your COVID jabs. So b- because of that, um, what we've done in this country in an effort to say that we have free healthcare and and convince people we should pay all these taxes to support it, is we've given up our sovereignty over how we manage our health. So if the CDC and these pharmaceutical companies say the only way we can manage this COVID-19 pandemic is to lock everybody down, close businesses, close churches, and force everybody to take this jab, and we don't do those things, we end up paying 10 times as much for our pharmaceuticals. In Alberta, uh, in 2019 or 2020, I can't remember which one, we paid $2.2 billion for pharmaceuticals. Our entire healthcare budget was $22 billion. Yeah. Yeah. 
if we didn't receive the discount from the pharmaceutical companies, we would be paying $22 billion only for pharmaceuticals. And that would mean that we would not be able to offer socialized healthcare. We wouldn't have free healthcare. The government would be annihilated because the NDP would say, oh my goodness, we they, they failed us because we no longer have free healthcare. Well, really the healthcare is not free and the government would topple. So we're gonna find out very quickly um, how that's gonna work because if if there's another pandemic declared and the CDC and the WHO say everybody needs to lock down and they start handing out these uh, action items and talking points, which we saw our own governments follow, mm -hmm. but our premier has said never again, how is that gonna work? There's gonna be a big clash there and maybe this will come out, I don't know. And it, there is something interesting though, Alberta, if we stood on our own, uh, the $27 billion that we sent to the federal government for which we receive zero back yeah. could easily cover the increase in our healthcare. And we could provide socialized healthcare and we could chart our own course with matters of health. As a matter of fact, we could even promote natural remedies. We could promote um, yes, non-pharmaceutical uh, yeah. um, solutions to problems. Like we could do so many things, but we're not in that position right now. So I'm really interested to see how this question is answered. Yeah. Lots of comments. Wow. Um, I'm not even sure where to go from there. <laughs> there's, uh, there's actually, we're, we're going to just change gears a little bit because it's... Wait, it's, stop. Sorry, Carrie. I got to interrupt you. I'm going to paint a target on my back right now. Okay. Do it. Uh, Carrie Jepson. Her comment. Carrie Jebson. Do, 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 do. How far back? Uh, not very far. Mm, uh, I hate when I can't find something really, really quick here. Uh, it's only like 10 or 15 comments back. Okay, well then I'm not seeing it at all. So the um, comment is from Carrie. It says, why can't we have our own pharmaceutical industry? Ah, it's a very good question. Okay, so do you remember what I said before about um, the bureaucrats and how people benefit from human misery? Mm -hmm. There is billions and billions and billions of dollars that are made all across this world by people parasiting off of human misery, off of uh, crime, addiction, um, uh, health matters. There's organizations that get filthy, filthy rich and powerful because of those things. So in the case of our pharmaceutical industry, uh, Canada, I'm not actually, you know what? I'm not even sure if it's still around, but there was a Canadian pharmaceutical industry, uh, a company called Apotex Pharmaceuticals. And uh, they were poised to offer generic drugs to Canada, to Canadians, to the provinces um, that would have interfered with the, uh, with the, the, big, the big pharmaceutical companies' financial interests in this country. Okay. The owner or the CEO of this company was named uh, Barry Sherman. Barry Sherman? And his wife's name was Honey Sherman. Uh, it turns out that, that they were actually going to testify against some very rich and powerful people who benefit on human misery, including yeah. the Trudeau Foundation, by the way. And they mysteriously were suicided a couple days before they were set to testify. Yeah. Honey and Barry Sherman. They owned Apotex Pharmaceuticals. And they were going to do exactly what Carrie's talking about, as in 
you know, we can make, we can do this here and we don't have to, uh, you know, we don't have to rely on external sources and follow their rules. We can, we can chart our own course. Now, I'm not saying that this is anything more than a coincidence, but I would just put this out there. If you're talking about an industry that's able to skim a hundred billion dollars from a country by pushing a vaccination that's neither safe and effective nor needed. And somebody was threatening that hundred billion dollar profit. Do you think that there would be anything that could stand in the way of a hundred billion dollars? Probably not like this. This isn't just a, Hey, we got to fix the government. This is maybe we live in a fish tank that we can't get out of. I don't know. No, that's absolutely true. It's bigger than the sum of all of us. Yeah, it is. And what's one life or a thousand or a million lives in the face of a hundred billion dollars to a, a corporation that yeah. you know just wants to make money? Yeah. Not the first time it's happened over history. There is a lot of comments, hey? Yeah, there is. I'm I'm just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. This is this is awesome. I'm almost uh, overwhelmed. I'm out of practice doing this. We we should yeah. do this more I, often. You know, there's, I see there's one word. Some, <laughs> sorry, Shelly. Shelly says I would never touch big pharma. I'm an all natural girl, even cancer, and a wreck that broke my whole left side. Reconstructive surgery, and I can't get disability. So I I have a hard time trusting big corporations like that too. But there is another side to it. You know, I mentioned before, um, uh, pharmaceutical companies, they're not all completely evil. There's a lot of things that we get that benefit us tremendously. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I think that even if, uh, even if Canadians realized how enslaved we were to pharmaceutical companies and they were offered a solution to get out, they may, in fact, just beg for enslavement so that they continue to get drugs. This this country is addicted to drugs in one way or another. And I'm not talking about like, well, you I know, illicit world, drugs. The world, yeah, the is, world is addicted to drugs. Absolutely it is. And, and pharmaceutical companies aren't, they aren't, they aren't all evil in that, um, for instance, can I talk about your thing? Yeah. So Jess has MS, you know that right, Carrie? Yep. Yeah. Um, the first drug that she was offered to treat MS was something like $70,000 a year, 70,000, seven, zero, 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 zero thousand dollars per year to treat MS. And as you know, MS is a disease that can be completely debilitating and crippling more so to men than women, but, um, it's certainly nothing fun to have. So the question is, well, $70,000 to have a good quality life. How the hell do I do that? Well, we, you know, you apply for some insurance that covers part of it. And then there's still $35,000 left over. Well, how do we pay that? You know what the answer was? The pharmaceutical companies will cover it. Don't worry about it. They're not going to deny the drugs that you need to have a good quality of life. And that happens with more drugs than you might realize. So there's this weird. Well, right. Yeah. Who pays for that? Well, I imagine that the pharmaceutical companies would write it off as a, you know, just as a, as a, lost or donation or whatever and claim a tax credit who knows but the point Mm -hmm. is they 
they do a lot of good and they help a lot of people with their diseases and manage them. But then on the other side of the coin, there's this revolving door of sickness that is nothing but a money factory for them. So how do you, how do you talk about fixing that when, when the solution would harm people as well? Because if the pharmaceutical company didn't exist, well, all those people that rely on those drugs to have a good quality life would no longer get them. So where do we go with that? How do we how do we deal with that? It's a way bigger problem than my brain can even comprehend. I can't read that. It says uh, they create the problem uh, so they can uh, sell the solution. Probably was, in some cases, yeah, maybe yeah. they do. There's yeah, um, or maybe we create the problem because we live unhealthy lifestyles and we don't manage our health effectively, and then we enslave ourselves to pharmaceutical companies. Maybe that's a point. That too. is true. That is true. I know lots of people who take a uh, cornucopia of pills every few hours or maybe once or twice a day in order to just keep living. And I even question them. So have you ever gone like a day or two without that? Like what happens? And uh, most people will not because their doctor says, no, you need this. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying just abandon your pills altogether because, of course, I'm not a medical doctor at all and know nothing about that. But it does make me question. So one pill is for the disease and then one is for the uh, the uh, uh, what's the term? This the One pill makes you taller and one pill makes you small. No, I'm trying to, the, the one, uh, one uh, is for the disease. The second is for what happens to your body. Uh, the symptoms. You, uh, sim no, not symptoms. It's the other, it's another word. And, uh, and then they just side keep effect. going. The side effect. Th thank you. And they just keep going along and pretty soon you're taking 10 pills for something that should have been solved by the first pill. Cause and that's very interesting because in, in one of the visits to uh, Jess's MS doctor, uh, he said, you know, her, the drug that she ended up taking the second round was effective and she went for her scans and there was no new lesions and like, wow, this is great. It's, it's like a cure. Right. And, yeah. and, and she, she doesn't take any medicine anymore. And the doctor said, that's wonderful because we're not looking to treat the symptoms. We want to cure this disease. That wow. was the goal to cure yeah. the disease. Mavenclad it was called. Yeah. So here's another interesting point. She is effectively cured so far, cross her fingers, Not cured, but managed, managed. Uh, so that nothing, nothing new is going to come. Um, but diabetics have to take insulin every single day yeah, to manage right. their disease, right. right? There is, there, there is, that's not a cure. And that's a hundreds of billions dollar industry. Hundreds of billions of dollars are yeah. spent by people with diabetes trying to manage their diabetes well so their feet don't fall off right so in that case there is there's no cure but there is a very lucrative management of the symptoms that the disease causes yeah and coincidentally insulin isn't covered by uh, our healthcare our free healthcare our $40 doctor visit is free but when the doctor says you've got type 2 diabetes you need to manage your diet and take these pills and you take insulin we go to the pharmacy and we just open our wallet and start shelling out money for pharmaceuticals. It is not free. The, the right. mechanical right. inspection of our bodies is free, but the work that needs to be done and the additives that we need to have a good quality of life are costly, very costly. Yeah. 
very true. Uh, I've been trying to get to this. There's lots of lots of events going on in in certainly in the next few months. Anyways, so many that I I usually do screenshots on my phone, and of course I'm, I can't really just show my phone, and I haven't uploaded them or done anything. I usually post them if it's something that is not necessarily um, maybe whistle stop related. I'll put it that way. I usually post it as a story on Facebook and, or on Instagram or, or something like that. And I'm, tr I'm going to try and do a little bit more than just those two. I'm going to try and do Twitter or anything like that, but there's a lot of events that show up and they have posters for, and I usually, Oh, there goes Chris. And then I usually try and post those in a story so that people have an idea of, you know, what's happening on the weekend. There's, um, uh, you know, like we said, a, a couple events that are happening, um, this weekend, there's uh, there's Pat's show and shine, of course, on the Saturday in Edmonton. Uh, we have another friend, uh, Devlin, who is very very similar. He uh, he was uh, uh, basically at a protest uh, and uh, as a journalist. And if if you don't know his story, uh, Devlin uh, again, um, I'll see if I can post something about that. I know I've posted his fundraising poster that's also happening this weekend um and and so i just really want to give awareness that we're you know kind of getting out of the summer and we should be able to get out and and do stuff and one of the ones is the uh the million uh march for children and um and that's that's taking place actually i had the date on here it says 26 days to march um uh, help me out here people when is that supposed to be I should know. It's like the 18th or, or something of, uh, of um, or it, could it actually be the same date? No, it's not. Oh, there's Chris. I'll bring him back on. Just talking about the 1 million March for Children and all the events that are possibly going on in the next little bit. And I think it's important that people get back and, uh, and you know, September 20th. Thank you so much. And, um, and it, it's a Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that's what it is. It's and uh, it's actually at the Harry Hayes building in, in Calgary. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but obviously with a million people, they want to do this everywhere. So I will be out there on that day for sure. Um, you know, there's certain things that I like to free up my schedule for. And uh, and this is something that definitely needs to happen. And this was actually organized from my understanding by um, the, is it the Muslim community? That, it is, they, yeah. Yeah, with uh, basically, you know, kind of joining forces with uh, uh, Christians to say that, okay, enough is enough. Leave our kids alone, and we're going to do a march and, and raise awareness for that. So I think that's uh, that's a well worth, well worthy thing to be doing on uh, on September twentieth. And even if it's a crappy day, because you never know what's going to happen, it could be snow. Get out there anyways, and uh, hopefully I'll see you guys there. Chris and I usually try and uh, do these sorts of events. We usually try and get out to things. Um, Chris is always busy. He's always busy doing uh, Chris stuff, just like <laughs> Chris Burger. always does. I'm always doing Carrie stuff. Um, yeah, you're you're working a lot at the uh, the whistle stop, and uh, and of course we're 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 really trying to get this Bibles and Bulls uh, event going too. So we've got. We've got entertainment. We've got the the rodeo scheduled. We've got uh, we've got a few vendors. We've got uh, a few food trucks uh, organized. Uh, one thing that I will be reaching out for would be volunteers. And uh, I 
I can't really ask for volunteers first. I mean, it's great to ask for volunteers, but until I actually get a schedule of exactly what's going on. So I was talking to the bands today and, uh, and organizing that. And I was dealing with uh, some of the vendors that are going to come in and when they're going to be setting up and wh where they're going to be setting up. Now that I have a good idea of what's going on, then I can probably put together the schedule and then I'm going to be asking for people to, to come out and volunteer. And if you do come out and volunteer, uh, it'll be a short four hour shift. That's my goal. And then you get the rest of the day to kind of enjoy the festivities that are going on. Um, whether or not it's, uh, you know, you come out on the Friday and there'll be a couple of musicians, there's barrel racing uh there'll be karaoke going on uh at night uh, after that in the pavilion saturday again vendors bouncy castles all that sort of stuff for the kids we've got the the rodeo we've got uh third degree which will be the opening band who are awesome they're a great cover band and then they're opening local up cameras band by the way they're a local cameras band yeah and uh and then there'll be uh, uh craig moritz after that uh, take it over and then depending on what time that actually ends like if the plan is to go until midnight and we'll just kind of see how everything works but if they're done at 11 well maybe DJ karaoke comes out and either does karaoke or, or just DJs like uh, like the old like I used to do and I still do. And then on Sunday maybe we, maybe we go and jam. We could do that too. Spread jam on peanut butter. And then uh, on Sunday we've got Cowboy Church and Tanner Day is going to come out for that and uh, a couple of musicians and again vendors and wind up for the kids. Tons of camping. Um, you know what? Like you can pretty much just show up pay your money when you go get in and uh and and pay for your your camping tons of parking spots uh i was dealing with the town of bashaw about uh the the how we're going to be doing parking and uh and campsites there and they've been really good uh with us so far you might lose me for a second carrie but i'll be right back if you, if i lose but, okay but they uh it, it's it's been a, a a rewarding experience already even though we're we're you know, we're still two, two and a half weeks out. And um, so I'm excited about that. And I think it's not going to be just a freedom event or that sort of thing. We're not having speakers come out to do that. Ever. We've already had that question posed to us. I just want to go back to 2019 and actually and have some fun. So that's the goal of this is to go back and just do a rodeo, have some fun uh, uh, musically um maybe watch watch kids on bouncy castles remember uh, that would be a, a fun thing to do so that's that's kind of the goal that's that's why we're doing it all right so uh can you get blind joe to come out and sing his best song oh my goodness we should have <laughs> well you we still can chris i'll chris send him a text to tonight too he says text and see uh if we can do that uh greg Arcade actually hold on a second that, that question comes with a question in return if yeah. if we can get blind joe to come out um will you guys help us pay for it because he's got to come up from nashville i mean that's not gonna be cheap yeah yeah airfare a round trip to nashville is about a thousand bucks or or somewhere in there and then mm -hmm. uh, staying in a beautiful downtown mirror in the non-existent hotel well and he i think he'll fly he'd probably fly coach he might want I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not even he might ask for a he might ask for a first class ticket, but I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm not think even going to speculate it. on that. Uh, having gone through a bunch of riders for different bands, uh, like you just never know. Maybe he does just want 
green M&Ms. Even though he's blind Joe, if anybody got that. And we lost Chris. That's okay. There you go. Um, yeah, I want to go back to 2019 too. Uh, look, at, look at the picture that you've got on there too. Ah, you know what? So yeah, that's the, the Trump mugshot. You will see that probably for the next two or three days because that's exactly what they want you to see. And um, yeah, I guess we could talk a lot about that too. Hey, look, there's Chris. I wanted to show you. So uh, Cecile has uh, the Trump mug mugshot as her profile pic. Is it just me or does that man have like the most fantastic hair in the world? <laughs> Ah, uh, I thought I did. Uh, I'm losing it all. I'm losing it. I'm so stressed. I just, I do this like all the time. Chris, Chris. And then I lose my hair. Ah, uh, look at that. And information will be added to the website as updates are received on the 1 million March for children. I think that's great. So yeah, look for that. Um, anything else that you want to touch on? We're almost an hour, well, an hour and 20. Yes, Carrie. How do we become vendors for the rodeo? Oh yes, how do you well phone Chris? That's the easiest. What? <laughs> phone Chris. So once again, something else has fallen upon my uh my heavy shoulders or my light shoulders, my shoulders that have a heavy load of uh of putting stuff up on the website. And uh there's only so many of me. If somebody has a cloning machine, and maybe not a cloning machine in Hollywood then uh, maybe uh, maybe get me involved in that because I could certainly use two or three of me to do a lot of the work that uh, I, I currently do. Never mind that I have kind of a day job. And it would be nice to be able to, um, uh, I don't know, to, to be able to, to, to put the vendors and the schedule and, and all that on the website. But again, it has to be planned out. And, and that's kind of where uh, it, it's in the process of being that. And hopefully this weekend, there'll be a map out there. You'll actually see, you know, where camping is. You'll see what events we've got going on. And uh, and we'll even have a, a space set up in the vendors in order for them to pick, you know, which which table area that they, they can go in. So that's about as much as I can say right now. Uh, I was hoping to have that done today. But, uh, you know, life, uh, life doesn't take you in that direction. And we were doing a live for the last hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> Oops. I tried to write a comment, but I put it in the chat by accident. Oh, did you? That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't even put a comment in. Yeah. Okay. So somebody said, what's the date? It's September 8th, 9th, and 10th, which is also the days just after my birthday, which is September 7th. So yes, this is. will also be my birthday bash. Um, regarding the vendors, uh, if you are interested in becoming a vendor, we have, what did we say? It was 18 spots inside the pavilion. Yep. Right? Yeah. And probably, I mean, the sky's the limit outside. I think we could easily. Like wherever easily a, a 10, 30. By 10, 10 by 10 tent can fit up, like in that whole area. Yep. It's huge. Yep. And that's what your space would be is roughly 10 by 10. I mean, in some cases, yeah. we could accommodate a little more. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in becoming a vendor, please send an email to chris.scott at whistlestoptruckstop.ca. The pricing for vendor booths inside is $300 for the weekend, right? 300 for inside, yes. Yeah, and for outside is 200 for the weekend. So pretty reasonable considering the amount of money uh, we're spending putting this together and advertising it. 
And uh, I'm, I'm confident there's going to be a really good turnout and your products and services or a combination of both will uh, get marketing that, um, me, that makes your investment worthwhile. So yeah, please, if you got something to sell, get it out there. Um, yeah. We've got a few people interested already. I think I have, at this point, four or five inside vendor booths sold. So okay. there are there is room for uh, you know roughly a dozen more inside vendors and then uh, a bunch of outside. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm just going to turn that off here. Yeah, and and just go to uh, I just turned it off. ChrisandCarrieShow.com/slash/BiblesBolds or just go to ChrisandCarrieShow.com. I've got tags in the in the front. You can also even go back and look at old episodes of us if you if you want to see how much we've aged. <laughs> and what we looked like two years ago there we go back yeah we go back a long way so um yeah and there's also sponsorships we can also get sponsors uh which is which is another thing we do have uh, a few sponsors but we can always always use more that offsets the cost for uh for uh patrons uh, getting in on their tickets as well and you get to put your signs up you get advertising on the website we're actually posting these in um uh the what's it called the east central review does that make sense east central alberta review alberta review newspaper uh we're going to be doing radio ads this week um, and as you know just anywhere where we can uh get the name out we've got uh, ads going we've even got uh, tiktok going out there as well so uh if you're on uh, the tickety talkity just look for the chris carey show uh and actually just look for the chris carey show anywhere if you go Back to home here. Da, da, da. If I go back home, oh, it's so good. Uh, there it is. There's what's going on. Uh, tickets, a quick link to the tickets episodes. We go back and talk about the Canada Convoy and where you can get our podcasts. And uh, they're all, all over the place here. And uh, yeah, that's about all you need to see at that. <laughs> so do you want to talk a little bit about the sponsorships because that's been on my mind and um sure. as carrie yeah. mentioned the sponsorships uh we're not asking people for money for nothing so what we're doing is we're putting on this event we're spending um you know upwards of fifty thousand bucks on this thing it's not cheap uh we're putting in weeks we'll of our time up, carrie's putting we'll in actually probably end up being double 70, the amount of time yeah, as i am yeah yeah probably closer to 70. so what we're asking is that um we want to advertise your business. So we want to put your company logo banner, whatever on some shoots uh, on some bull riders. Maybe we'll even, you know, pin it to a bull's ass, who knows, whatever you want. The sky's the limit. There's going to be advertising space available at the ticket booth, grandstands, all sorts of places. Uh, the menu that Carrie showed there has a lot of that information on it. Now, in addition to that, um, any sponsorships that come in that are, uh, what was the, with the trigger was two thousand bucks or more. Uh, the advertising becomes much more robust. For instance, you get your logo on our main poster, which means that I have to go around with stickers and put it on the poster. No, we're, we're, and, we are getting more posters printed. Like it feels like yeah. we're printing posters daily because we're kind of. I actually out. bought a printer today, a wide format printer, so I can print them here. <laughs> Spend the money I before did. we yeah. even lose or be, before we even get it. No. Well, my other printer doesn't work anyway. So what the heck? Yeah. May as well. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, that's what we're doing. Um, this isn't a, we're not asking you to donate to this. We're asking you um, to purchase or invest in advertising 
at our event in which we plan to bring, you know, a couple thousand people. So it's a, it's a marketing call for your business. Yeah. 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 Marilyn asks, please advise on the ground level seating for seniors with mobility issues. How close can they park, et cetera. That's uh, actually been brought I up. Got that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I got that. So um, any seniors or people with mobility issues, we're going to open the gate and you can park right in the middle of the infield in the midst of the bull riding and barrel racing. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'd like to no. see that. No, some people might actually like that. I can think of a couple seniors that are very supportive of us that would love to do that, but we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we will have parking close to um, the, uh, the the arena for people with mobility issues. And I'm also working on uh, getting a company to bring in a couple side-by-sides to assist people with mobility issues, uh, mobility issues getting around the grounds. So fingers crossed. And if you have a company with equipment like that and you would be interested in sponsoring our rodeo in Absolutely. that manner, um, yeah. assisting people with mobility issues with golf carts or side-by-sides, please reach out at chris.scott at whistlestoptruckstop.ca. Yeah. We also have uh, info at uh, com. If people can't remember your name, they might be able to remember. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, there you go. Yeah. Chris, you need ink and toner for your printer to work. You know that, eh? <laughs> you know what? My printer is a EcoTank printer, so I just fill the ink up. Sixty thousand. Oh yeah, I guess as the is that empties. You just you just pour it in. What yeah, will they think of in. next? What another scam will they think of next? Ink Maybe we'll be able to print using lasers. <laughs> <laughs> laser beams attached to its head. Oh, let's don't go into the laser beam thing. Let's. <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap up tonight. I only I only say that because I literally have a printer with laser beams attached to its print head. Really? I've yeah. got I've got three laser printers in my house and two inkjet printers. So wh- I, only I one love my laser printer. Works. Only one actually works. I know is it's that's yep. typical. Right. My laser printer is a, it's a, it's suited for a small to medium size office. It's a Xerox C405, which if you're familiar with that, it's a pretty, it's a no, pretty robust it. printer. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, that thing was phenomenal. I could print off 500 flyers on that thing in like three minutes. It's wow. ridiculously fast. But the problem with that printer is that to replace all of the ink cartridges at once is $1,800. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. So uh, I use aftermarket ink, which cost me $400, but because I use aftermarket ink, now uh, it doesn't know that there's an ink cartridge. It just keeps saying, oh, re- uh, remove and replace I've, ink I've cartridge, run, blah, blah, blah. Into that as well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Question, Chris, is Jasper from Holland coming? Have you even asked him? We were going to go to, we were going to go out on, uh, what, September 1st, that weekend? We said, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. go to Holland, we'll go to Amsterdam. And um, we never mm-hmm. There's no way we. Well, can do again, that. you know what? If you guys, if you guys want Jasper to come out for this rodeo, I would love for him to come out. But unfortunately, I'm a little bit spread thin. I'm a little tapped out. Last time he came out, um, well, I just bought his ticket, and then we did some fun fundraisers with Carrie and and the uh, Pinocchio APP chapter, and it covered the cost of his trip. So, yeah. if you guys want to bring him out here, um, we we can ask him and see if he can come out. But of, yeah. it's going to come with a cost, and uh, we would need help with that. Yeah, and our good friend uh, Deb from Tipsy Cow also helped out on that too. So thank you so much. Yeah, she extended his trip by nine days. (laughs) Chris, how is Norman? 
Well, I just watched him uh, hobble by. He's doing great. Awesome. Yeah, I, al I also know that he's no longer he's no longer a bald ass cat. Now oh, he's he got his ass fur growing back. Yep. Um, he's doing wonderful. People were asking how are chickens or how is chicken. I think it is just she's dead. Chicken's dead. What? She's dead. What yeah. happened? We'll I don't know. She just there's. I found a piece of chicken in the yard one day, oh, and I have no I idea how it happened. That. I do not want. Yeah, that. no, it was terrible. Uh, but that's, you know, everything is food, and I think chicken became food just a little bit too early. We do have another chicken uh, named Cutlet, and her days are also numbered. But she's uh, she's a real dink. Like oh. she does not like to be handled or she doesn't like to sit beside me. When I walk closer, she like puts her feathers up and starts making chicken sounds like she's possessed. It's, I, I quite enjoy it, but different uh, personalities yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah right, chicken unfortunately has moved on. We are losing people like, uh, like people losing. Like my yard loses chickens. <laughs> I was going to try and roll that into something about chickens, and I decided, no, I'm not going to do that because uh, it's too late, and then my brain is not firing in all three cylinders. It's uh, quarter to 11. Thank you so much, everybody, for sticking around and, and watching. And, yeah, in terms of Chris's court, court date, um, I'm still going because, I'm as far as we know, the court is still happening on, uh, on Monday in Red Deer, like 9 o'clock-ish. I think that's what time we're going to be there. And then lunch, because we always do lunch. We always go for the Chinese food special at the Jackpot Junction right next door. Isn't that funny? Oh, how man, the food there is fantastic. The casino is like right next door to the law courts. It's like they're begging you to go in and do something there. There. <laughs> and Chris hasn't even mentioned my shirt here. You probably didn't even notice it. Well, look at that. <laughs> What are you talking about your shirt? What's Look, wrong with your shirt? Can you see it? Can you see it? I don't know if you can see it. What? Where did that come from? I know. And look. I can't read that from where I'm sitting, believe it or not. I, I could when you got real close. That's fantastic. I got one for you. Wow. We're legitimate. You're blue. We're legitimate. In the like, logo, you're blue. El Castro's son. Yeah, I'm red in the logo, so I got red. There you go. So, oh, crap. Guess who's listening that's wondering if she also has a shirt? Oh, bloody. Well, when she returns my outlaw's jacket. <laughs> so you're not getting a shirt. <laughs> you were supposed to take that, Carrie. I should put uh, the Chris and Jess show. That would... <laughs> now Vicky's yelling, do I get one that's the Vicky and Carrie show? Oh man, like we're just gonna end up doing a bunch of different things. So if you want your own monogrammed one, give me a give me a, a call and I'll I'll do what I'm done. I'm kidding. I can't even imagine how much time and effort that would be. Although that would be very cool. Well, right? we're we could we could actually do that. I mean, we could do those we shirts, could. but yeah, it'd be yeah. We'll see. Well, that's one baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> All right, and with that, I'm gonna say good night, everybody. And, uh, you know, we, we started off on a, a good note. The rest of the show was kind of morbid, but now we're leaving on, an end, uh, on a happy note. So thank you so much for 
watching, supporting, yeah, and thanks for watching, everyone. At, uh, Bibles and bulls, and uh, and we'll be updating more uh, as as time goes on. As time goes on. So, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'll end with this, unless you have something yeah. else, because I always have to get the last word because I talk long. Yes. Oh God, yes. <laughs> So the last part of our show tonight was uh, fairly upbeat, and you know I've I've had I have a really good time, Carrie. Every time we do shows, like I I appreciate, um, it's the I appreciate your demeanor. It's very uplifting. But I do want to remind people that the reason that why Carrie and I do these types of things is because what we've experienced over the last three years, um, mostly together, it it actually it put us in a position where if we don't do something about it, we're not going to sleep at night. And that's why we do these things like yeah, the, the stories you hear about Sheila at Lewis and, and the four coots guys and the, the fella in Ontario and the countless, you would not believe how many people come through the doors of the whistle stop cafe and share their gut wrenching stories about yeah. what happened to them over the last three, four years, or even longer. Um, that's why we do these things. So please remember that the whole point of this is to bring awareness to some uh, very much needed uh, much needed awareness to situations that we do have the power to change. Yeah. And we're not just going to bitch about things going on around us. We're going to do everything we can to offer solutions and encourage people to go in that direction. So as you, uh, you know, laugh at our silly banter and my long talking, just keep that in mind that there is a purpose behind this. And it's not just some entertaining Saturday Night Live thing. Uh, there's a real human aspect to this and we appreciate that you all tune in to uh, to hear us talk about our problems that we've seen and the solutions that we have for you. So Absolutely. thanks again. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end on such a good song. Anyways, Oliver Anthony, Richmond North of Richmond. If you haven't heard it, you're gonna hear it again. I've already done it once on another show. We're gonna do it again just because it's so good. And uh, it's uh, I think it's the top song on uh, on iTunes this week, or it's ha at least in the last three weeks. Anyways, so. With that, good night, everybody. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Good night. Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me. Just wake up, and it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new world, with an old soul, these rich men know the rich men, Lord knows it all, just wanna have total control, wanna know what you think. Just miners on an island somewhere Lord, we got folks in the street Ain't got nothing to eat And the old beast milking welfare well, God, if you're five foot three And you're three hundred pounds Taxes ought not to pay For your bags of fudge rounds Young men are putting themselves Six feet in the ground Cause all this damn country
country does is keep on taking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. But I know that you do, 'cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. 'Cause the rich men, not the rich men. I've been selling my soul. Working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. 